You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Good morning. Good to be with you today to study God's Word together. Thank you for your prayers. I have been feeling better the last couple of weeks. Really, last couple of months, just gradually better and better. Having a good day again today. Thank you for your prayers. Keep praying. Not out of the woods yet, but, uh, but improving, and I really appreciate the prayers. Speaking of prayer, have you ever had a moment when you needed to pray, and you just didn't know how to pray at that moment? You just you didn't have the words? They wouldn't come? Or you didn't even know, how, how do I pray to God in this situation today? For me, uh, it was like that when each of my children was born. Uh, I knew to pray, you know. I knew to say, thank you, God, this is wonderful. I knew to say, thank you for getting my wife through this. Thank you for getting me through this. But beyond that, how do you express the fullness of that moment to God? I, I don't know. I was just kind of stuck. Didn't, the, the, words, the words just weren't quite there to fully express our hope and appreciation to God. At the opposite end of the emotional spectrum, I remember an evening in 2001 or 2002, I was with a brother and friend in the church who had just lost his baby boy. His boy was just a few days old, just stopped breathing, no reason that they could identify. Nobody knows why it happened. And he was grieving, and I was with him while he was grieving that night. And he got really agitated, and I said, I said, you know, it's probably not good for us to be around everybody else right now. Why don't we go out for a walk? And so we went and walked down the street. Uh, the church building was close by. We walked to the church building and just went around the parking lot, around and around. As he cried out to God, he yelled at God. He asked God why. He was just upset. He was, he was weeping. He was, he was scared. He was frustrated. He was so hurt. And finally, he, he, you know, after a while, after he kind of got it all out, he sort of calmed down and took him, took him back to his family and they went home, and, and uh, he, he was okay. When I went home that night, I was torn up inside just from sharing that with him. And I remember as I was going home saying to God, I need to pray to you about this. I need to talk to you about this, but I don't know what to say. I don't have the words for the moment. And that's kind of where I got stuck, just telling God I don't have the words, but you, you at least know my heart. Where do you find the words to help you speak to God in moments of deepest grief or the most overwhelming joy or when you're stressed out and you just really need to refocus on God? Where do you find the words to speak to God? Or when it's one of those days when you realize that you really, really need God that day or when it's a great day. And you're sitting down to eat good food and you're enjoying the day and you just want to praise God. Where do you find the words for that? 1 Thessalonians 5.17, one of the very shortest verses in the Bible, simply says, pray continually. Say it with me. Pray continually. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Say the first part with me. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Yes. But there's, there's a skill to praying. There's sort of an art form 
to it. And if you've never developed that skill, if you've never learned how to pray, where do you find the words to pray to God? I think one of the best places to go to find words to pray to God is the Bible's book of Psalms. It's very much a prayer book. Not everything in it is prayers, but it's packed with prayers. And you can sort of move into these prayers already written out and just live in them, borrow them, and speak to God through them. So if you're learning how to pray, if you're working to develop more skill in the art of speaking to God, the Psalms are fantastic. One writer says, quote, Imagine for a moment that the psalm is like a house already built and that you are invited to enter there to make it your own. Praying from within the psalm is to pray your own prayer after all. For though you use words already written, you have become the present and living soul within those words. So he suggests that a psalm is sort of like a house that you can move into. Somebody else built it, but you live in it now. It's your house now. And the psalms, the words are already written, but you can sort of move into them and adopt those words as your own and speak to them out of your, or speak through them from your own soul to God. And they give us language with which to speak to God in all kinds of situations. When we're joyful, when we're frustrated, when we're afraid, when we're grateful, even when we're angry. Now, a psalm is a song. And so the psalms are, are songs. They're, they're poems because songs are usually written in poetry. And the psalms are usually intended to be sung. And in a lot of cases, they're prayer songs. We sang a couple of those this morning. Not all the psalms are prayers, as I said. Some are songs of joy in God's presence. Some are songs of teaching one another about God. Some are wisdom songs. So just like the songs in our hymnal, uh, the psalms have a variety of forms and purposes. But a high percentage of the psalms have, prayer, or have prayers in them or are prayers altogether. And they're excellent models of how to pray to God in all kinds of situations. And they supply us with words that we can adopt or adapt as our own when we speak to God. So we'll do a little bit of that this morning. We've been studying the life of David, and David wrote a lot of the Psalms. He, was, he is well-loved for uh, the Psalms that he wrote and left us in Scripture. I'd like us to take a look this morning at four of his Psalms that are also prayers, four different types of prayers for four different types of occasions. And let's see how David speaks to God out of these different situations. And let's learn from these psalms how we might speak to God in similar situations. Let's begin with how we might pray on a day when we're facing some difficulties and we begin to realize that we really, really need God today. Ever had a day like that? You just realize that day, I need God today. I have too. And we always need God every day, right? But some days we're just more aware of that than other days. Psalm 63. It has a little introduction before you get into the text of the psalm. The introduction says, A psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. 
So that's when he was a young man before he became king, while he was being pursued by King Saul, who wanted him dead because he considered David a threat to his own position on the throne. And this is what David prays to God in Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Okay, how do you pray to God when you become aware that you really, really need God that day? Well, one thing David says to God here out of that kind of situation is, I thirst for you. And I think that's something we can say to God. I thirst for you. Verse 1, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. That's a great way to say to God, I need you. I need you close to me. I need you to be with me. In a dry and parched land where there is no water out there in that desert, the water David thirsts for the most is God. Have you ever been in that desert? And remember, there's a king hunting David down to kill him. So David needs God to be close to him. And it's good for us in prayer to tell God that. I need you. I thirst for you. David says to God, your love is better than life. And in verses 2 to 5, he remembers God's power. He praises God. He's satisfied in God. All is not well in David's life, just like all isn't always well in our lives. Yet David looks to God at night on his bed, he says in verse 6. Verse 8, he says he clings to God's right hand. He holds on to God. And in verse 7, he sings to God because God is his help. And then in verses 10 and 11, he expresses his trust that his enemies will come to the end they deserve. That's what's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. But David will rejoice in God. Okay, what's David doing in this prayer? He's calling out to God to be close to him, to be his help. And I think on the days when we're feeling pressed, worried, threatened, and we know we need God, we just become keenly aware of it that day, we can pray Psalm 63 and call on God to be near us as we seek him out in the desert of that hard day. And we can pray like David, Lord, I thirst for you today. I need you close to me. I thirst 
for you. Some days, though, are too dark for that prayer. Some days, it feels like God has forgotten us, that he's turned his face away from us. We just feel overwhelmed with grief or brokenness. There's been another school shooting. God help our neighbors in Texas today. Or we're sick and we're not getting better. Or we've been pleading with God to break the control of some sin in our lives and it's just not happening. On those days, we need a prayer of lament, a prayer of sorrow and pleading with God. Psalm 13 is a great example of a prayer of lament written by David. It says, for the director of music, a psalm of David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise. For he has been good to me. If David is any example, it's okay to pray to God. In fact, it's necessary for us to pray to God even when we're angry with God and when we're hurting. One of David's uh, most beautiful and touching traits is that he turns to God in every situation, in deep sorrow or fear even, like in this psalm, when he cannot come before God without asking, how long, Lord? I mean, that's kind of accusatory toward God, isn't it? How long, Lord? What's taking you so long? How long until you stop forgetting me? How long will you hide? How long must my sorrow continue and my enemy triumph over me? He's angry with God. And that's just verses 1 and 2. Then in verses 3 and 4, he pleads with God for help. Because if God doesn't help him, he's doomed. His enemy will triumph and David will be killed. And it's almost like David is explaining this to God. Let me lay out my case here. Here's what's going to happen as if God didn't know. And then, in verses 5 and 6, after he's been able to pour out his heart to God in full honesty about his pain in this prayer, he finds that suddenly he can rest a little. In prayer, he senses God's unfailing love. He remembers that the Lord has been good to him. Have you ever been praying out of an angry or anguished heart and suddenly felt God's peace? And his love. Because prayer changes us. Sometimes in the most difficult, angry, hurting prayers, we find that God is near and he gives us peace. And it calms us. My friend who is so furious with God when his baby son died, and, and who wouldn't be, right? As he cried out to God again and again that week and over the coming weeks, he came to trust God again. And he remembered that by God's grace, he will see his son again in eternal life. And it was hard. You know, the pain didn't go away. It was still there. But he knew God was near. And that helped him endure. David and Scripture show us 
that it's okay to cry out to God in deep pain as we pray, How long, O Lord? I thirst for you. How long, O Lord? And then there are some days that are just so stressful, and when we're overwhelmed or when maybe somebody's getting on our nerves and we're starting to become arrogant in our anger and we need God to kind of, kind of put us back in our spot and recenter us and refocus us on him and help us breathe in spite of all that stress and rest and be calm in his presence. On days like that, Psalm 131 provides us with a helpful little prayer. Psalm 131. A song of ascents. That means it was a song that uh, the Israelites, the Jews, would sing as they walked up the hills into Jerusalem and to the temple to worship God. Of David. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Three verses. You can memorize this prayer and just have it with you whenever you need to pull it out and pray it to God. My heart is not proud. Lord, I'm not arrogant. I'm not trying to solve problems that are too big for me or deal with situations that are too great for me. I know I don't have all the answers. And as I look to you, God, I'm not letting myself be overwhelmed with all of life's problems because I know you're there. So I have calmed and quieted myself. In your presence, Lord, in spite of all the stresses in life, all the problems, all the things we worry about, everything on the news, in spite of all this, Lord, in your presence, I breathe. I take a moment. I rest. I remember you. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. I am content. You know, one of the differences between an infant uh, who still needs mom's milk, and a, a weaned child that can, is old enough to eat solid food, is that the older child, the weaned child, knows that if mom's around, I'm going to get fed at the right time. They don't have to fret and fuss and cry as much when they're hungry. They know they're going to have what they need because mom is close by. And so they can be content and calm. And we're like that with God, we learn from our time with him that he will provide for us when we need it. And so that's, that's refreshing to us. We can sort of reset our minds, reset our focus, reset our mood as we speak these words to God. And in this prayer, we invite God to be our peace, no matter how stressful the day is, no matter who's been getting on our nerves, no matter what's on the news, no matter what's going on in my life. Because like that weaned child's mother, God is there. Those problems are all still there. None of those disappear suddenly, magically. But God helps us. We know he'll be there to help us. And so we can be calm. We can be humble. We can wait 
for God. We, like Israel, can put our hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. I thirst for you. How long, O Lord, I have calmed and quieted my soul. And then some days, praise God, are just glorious, just good, beautiful days when we remember our sins are forgiven by God through Jesus, our Lord, who gave his life on the cross for us. And God has brought light into our darkness. And we have good food on the table. And God's blessings abound on days like that. We just praise God like David does in Psalm 65. For the director of music, a psalm of David, a song. Praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, and who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades. You call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. This is a prayer for a good day. And remember, God saw to it that these prayers would be included in our scriptures so that we could learn from them how to pray to God, even use them to pray, sort of move into them and dwell in them and use their words to lift our prayers to God. Like, just like moving into this house, Psalm 65, and taking its words as we come before the Lord on a good day. There are so many good lines here. Verse 1, praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. We are here and ready to praise you because you have been so good to us. Pray, uh, verse 2, God answers our prayers. And we give him our thanks. Verse 3, when we were overwhelmed by sins, God forgave them. Boy, David could sure pray that prayer, couldn't he? When, you, when we were overwhelmed with sin, you forgave our sins. He he had committed some pretty bad sins, as we talked about the last couple of weeks. And yet God forgave him and restored him. And God can do that for all of us. In verse 4, verse 4 might be my favorite in this psalm. I love the line, we are filled with the good things of your house. God has invited us into his house, into his family, to dwell there with him. And we get to share in every good thing in his house so that we're filled 
with the good things of his house. Verses 5 to 8, praise God for his awesome deeds, including verse 7, how he stilled the roaring of the seas, which in the Bible is symbolic language for how God quiets the chaos of our lives and of the nations. Verses 9 to 13, God has sent rain to water the land, and the crops are growing. There's grass in the fields. There's grain in the valleys. There are flocks in the meadows. And we could pray verses 9 to 13 right here in the Yakima Valley right now as the crops grow and the orchards begin to produce their fruits. It's a beautiful and hopeful time of year, and we are seeing God's blessings come up from the ground all around us. I thirst for you. How long, O Lord, I have calmed and quieted my soul. We are filled with the good things of your house. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, help me out, pray continually. And Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. God wants us to pray all the time about everything. But sometimes, in the heat of the moment, we're not sure how to pray in a particular situation. A bad situation, maybe even a good situation. Or maybe no one has ever taught us how to pray. So I urge you, my friends, to become diligent students of the Bible's book of Psalms. Because in the book of Psalms, we can learn how to pray. The Psalms of David because David had an incredible ability to express himself to God in prayer. And the other psalms as well, they're helpful too. There's some powerful prayers there as well. There's an art to prayer. It's something that we can become skilled at over time. And David and the other writers of the psalms were masters at it. It's not complicated to pray. All you have to do to pray is just speak to God, and as long as it's sincere, he hears it, he receives it. But Still, we become better at it with practice. David understood how to praise God. He also understood how to grieve before God. He was a godly man, but he had sinned and he needed forgiveness. He faced danger and fear and sorrow and stress and brought all of it before God. He taught us words with which to bring our deepest needs and our most profound emotions and our most trusting faith to God, often all at the same time. Like a master painter who teaches you how to choose the right brush and how to mix your paint and how to apply it with the proper stroke, David and the Psalms teach us the art of prayer. I encourage you to spend some time in the Psalms and to look for how God, through these scriptures, teaches us how to pray to him. He longs to communicate with his children But sometimes we don't know quite how to express ourselves to God. And so he teaches us words to bring into his presence. Words of hope and of sorrow. Words of grief and of anger. Words of pain. Words of humility and quietness, calmness and gratitude and trust. All of these are words of faith because they're words that we bring to God. Spend some time in the Psalms. Let them enrich your prayers as you talk with God in every situation, praying continually 
as we seek God and walk with him. And let's close this lesson today with a prayer inspired by these psalms that we've looked at this morning. Would you bow with me? Our God, we thirst for you. In a land that sometimes feels like a spiritual desert, where many do not know you and where we face every kind of trouble and where sometimes we don't feel you near. We know in our minds that you are near because you have promised you would be. And as we look back on our lives, you've never been far from us. Sometimes we just don't feel it just because of where we're at. Lord, sometimes we have threats to our health, concerns for our family members, tragedy in the news again this week. Help us, oh God. Trying to make ends meet each week, each month. Lord, your love is better than life. We need you so desperately. We thirst for you daily. And our hope is in you, Lord. Come and quench our thirst. How long, O Lord? For you know how some of us here today are struggling and how we've called out to you in prayer so many times for ourselves or maybe for someone we love, and yet you seem to be looking the other way. How long, O Lord? Will you forget us forever? Hear our prayer. Remember our sorrow and help us again. For you have helped us before. And we trust in your unfailing love. Lord, in the midst of the troubles all around us, at home, at work, at school, in our families, in our social circles, in our own bodies, in our nation, and across the world. In all this, we remember that you are our faithful God. And so we have calmed and quieted ourselves, knowing that you are near, that like a good mother provides for her hungry child, so you provide for us. So we will not fret or fuss, but we will put our hope in you, both now and forevermore. And Lord, before your holy throne, in the presence of your people gathered here today, and in the presence of the mighty angels gathered before you in heaven, we confess that you have been good to us. We are filled with the good things of your house. Thank you for the crops growing in the fields and in the orchards. Thank you for the rain we received this spring and for the snow in the mountains that will provide water for our crops this year. Thank you for how you calm the chaos in our lives. Thank you for forgiving our sins through Jesus our Lord. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you, our God. We praise you today. Thank you for giving us words with which to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.